Selena Frederick, it's the month you've been waiting for. <laughs> oh, boy. This month, we're talking about sex. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, guys. There will be plenty of innuendos, and... <laughs> we're just going to, we're just going to, I don't know. Let it ride. No, I'm kidding. This Press is your in. word of caution. Nope, this is your word of caution. If there's little ears... Go ahead and turn this podcast off or uh, put put your ear pods in, because um, the next month is going to be... Uh, sex talks. Sex talks. <laughs> sex talks, mainly between husband and wife. Not just talks between husband and wife, but we're going to talk about sex. And we're going to give you wisdom from God's word about sex by his grace. Mm. Uh, we don't have all the answers, but we're going to share what we do know, honestly and transparently, which is what we say in our intro. So with that said, we'll see you on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. So Ryan decided to open the Fierce Parenting Podcast episode because <laughs> uh, we are talking about sex as well. Um, yes, a different different conversation. Obviously different topics. conversation, but he's like, do you remember when your parents talked to you about sex? And I was like, well, that's awkward. <laughs> so let's just leave that there. And <laughs> you have to go listen to the Fierce Parenting Podcast to, to hear the, more. To hear more. Yeah. So this is one of those topics that I think is always relevant. It's always helpful and it's always necessary. And that people, there will always be innuendos. There, it's really hard. There's one right there. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, just I'll brace yourself. Hard. I'll try to just say difficult. Brace yourself, okay, people. And you guys, just don't be nasty. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> don't don't be nasty. Keep and it pure. Keep it pure. Um, and we'll do our best to keep it the same way because sex is a gift. It's something that is sacred in a sense. Mm. God has created it for a specific context, and here we are talking about sex within a Christian gospel-centered marriage. How can we? Enjoy this gift with the fullness that God has imbued it with. He's given to it. He's given to us through it, right? And so uh, this this conversation I'm excited for on um, this particular episode because it's uh, called <laughs> the Seven Reasons for Sex, and there are many. A few of those reasons were a complete surprise to me. Yeah. When I first heard them, <laughs> and so uh, anyway, why are you looking at me? Because like I you I think you always say you're excited to talk about stuff, but I'm like I think he's really excited. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> gonna He's go like, well for the Fredericks gonna... this month <laughs> the more we talk about it the better it gets so yeah so hopefully you'll take us up on our conversation challenges at the end so that we too can help you um you too can have a, a sexy sex life <laughs> sexy september that's what i'm gonna call it it's october shoot <laughs> september when missed we're recording this al- yep missed that so anyway sexy october doesn't doesn't roll off the tongue quite as well Anyways, anyway. moving on to... So uh, before we get into the seven reasons for sex, we have uh, a tool for you. It's called Gospel-Centered Marriage, and it's a uh, online learning platform. We want to invite you to participate in that. Um, just go to gospelcenteredmarriage.com. You're going to learn the, the, the biggest, kind of grandest truths that we can give you from the Bible about marriage. And, uh, and then from there, we give you uh, these mini courses that we encourage you to take, one of those a month, um, and just to keep, keep sharp and to keep kind of uh, God at the center of your marriage because we we're so easy to drift away from him mm. in this area. So uh, go to gospelcenteredmarriage.com 
Sign up for that. You'll get the six-week core course plus all the the ongoing learning library that we're building there. Um, and I'm going to say uh, we'll give you a special for this month, a sexy special. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> this already sounds should, should, uh, sketchy. <laughs> should, I make them, should I make them type in something kind of? No. <laughs> <laughs> the coupon code is sexy time. Okay. Sexy time. And that'll give you 25% Should it be off. married sexy time? I'm just fine. It, it's you're signing up for gospel centered marriage, so I like to think that the sexy time is within the gospel centered marriage. <laughs> Thank you. So use coupon code sexy time and don't blush a bit, because uh, I'll be excited if you use it, <laughs> and we'll give you twenty five percent off. Uh, Selena, just grow up. Don't be nasty. <laughs> I'm going to say that a lot this month. Oh goodness. That uh, <laughs> I'm getting I'm getting clamped. Um. Leave a rating and a review if you don't mind. That would mean a lot. Also, uh, what else? Oh, Patreon. You can support this ministry uh, if you feel so compelled. Go to fiercemarriage.com slash partner. We would greatly enjoy and appreciate that. Okay. Seven We're going to try not to be teenagers here when we're talking about no. sex. We got married no. pretty young. People need to lighten up. And <laughs> Just lighten up, you guys. Doesn't have to be That's a- Ryan's excuse for... <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Just lighten for give me the freedom to talk about what I want to talk about. No, we are talking about seven reasons for sex and mm. we got married pretty young. Um, I don't know how much you want to go into. You have our story here. No, <laughs> no, no. Pretty yeah. vague. Well, the, what I meant by that, this is just in the rundown with Charles Minor looking down <laughs> on us. Um, well, I want to talk about this, all, the seven kind of reasons. Five, four of them I think are very intuitive. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, three of them are intuitive. Right. And the other ones... We've had to learn. I had to learn. And as we've, we've celebrated 18 yeah. years of marriage, yeah. and a, a few of them are really crucial to unlocking, and I hate using that term because it feels like you have some secret, but it really does kind of put a word to uh, maybe the reasons for sex that you're unaware of. Yeah, I think it untangles kind of the webs that can kind of blind us a little bit or just kind of our our defaults and our shortcomings. And it can kind of just, I think, give us some freedom uh, to understand, oh, okay, like, there is more to this and this is what it was and I couldn't put my finger on it but and now permission. I understand it yeah freedom I think is a perfect word and permission mm-hmm. to go to your spouse and acknowledge one of the one or more of these reasons for why you believe that you you need sex in your marriage at that moment why you, you right. want to enjoy one another uh, for that specific purpose and we didn't come up with these on our own necessarily we had i mean I'm, it's just it's scripture but it's also yeah. our community i want to just i want to give a shout out to that because mm-hmm. i don't think you know you don't always think about community when you think about uh your intimate life with your spouse and so i think that there is something to be said for being mm-hmm. uh known and maybe your struggles and uh, being known um and you know maybe what how, how do other couples deal with some of this stuff or how do they view yeah. sex in their marriage relationship and so um yeah it's been a, a bit of a collaborative effort, not yeah. intentionally. I think it's just things we picked up. Yeah. So these seven reasons, again, these, these are going to be kind of a flyover. I anticipate this being a fairly short episode because we're not going to go into a lot of detail. Um, but these are going to be a flyover <laughs> that I think if we embrace these seven reasons, I think they are all encompassing for they justify and motivate and allow us to grow closer together in this area to get better at it. We talked in our last episode about the skill of being able to improve your sex life. I mm-hmm. think these seven reasons undergird those skills. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and so uh, let's just get right into them. Is that, all, right? Mm-hmm. all right. So the first reason is probably the most obvious one, at least from a cultural standpoint, and that's pleasure. Mm. Pleasure. Uh, it's enjoyable. It's enjoyable. Feels you, good. We yeah. like it. Yeah. Uh, you watch any sort of movie. Not 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 those kinds of movies, but if you watch anytime there's romance involved and it ends up going in a sexual direction, it's almost always because of the physical pleasure of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also emotional pleasure. Mm-hmm. Pleasure is not just a physical thing, but the emotional joy of knowing and being known. And the um, and we'll get into this one later. But the, even there's a spiritual. There's a sense of spiritual joy, especially when you're in a God honoring marriage and you are offering yourself to your spouse in that way. And they're offering themselves to you and that you can say like, this is a fully right and good activity for us to do right now. And we're mm-hmm. the only ones who can do this thing. That's a, that's an amazing privilege and a joy and a pleasure. I would argue. Mm-hmm. Got anything else to add to that? Nope. Are you sure? It's gonna be a really short episode. If no, you I was just, I was thinking of what you were saying in terms of, I don't like alluding to movies. <laughs> I think that yeah, I don't we mean- can. No, I know. Or sex scenes or no, like I, I think the romance of it is what I'm trying to yes, say. Yes, I yes, the the romance is very enjoyable, and I think you can't. We've taken some of that out. It's become so like physical as a culture. It's been such mm. a like we're trying to take it apart and deconstruct like all of the purpose and the the pleasure. They go hand in hand. Like you have, you can't really have. I think the heightened like pleasure and enjoyment without the purpose well, when you, when, um, fully I mean, gosh you just opened a can of worms because our culture has they have totally dissected and taken yeah. apart the human ex, human existence mm-hmm. you have a physical body which I've heard it referred to as a meat skeleton it's just mm. a body but who you actually are has to do with how you feel mm. and so which is ironic because you also have within the same breath that same person will will advocate for hookup culture Right. Which again, it's all about your meat skeleton and it's all about like just getting the physical pleasure, but totally detaching yourself from the emotional connection Mm. of it. And so within marriage, within a gospel centered marriage, a biblical marriage, we have an immense opportunity and arguably, and I think no one could make an argument against this. And I'm just going to say that bold claim, but we have arguably a way better opportunity, Mm -hmm. a vastly greater opportunity for pleasure in our sexual experience to the chagrin of anyone who would say that basically when time you get married, your sex life is immediately going to get more boring. We're saying that when you get married, that's when it starts getting better mm-hmm. and it will keep getting better as long as you keep coming to the table to one another, giving keep attending generously. to one another. Yeah. Keep attending to one another. Um, yeah. So I don't we know. We see this in, did you want to go into scripture about this one? Yeah. Well, it's in song of Solomon. I mean, I, I don't know that we need to convince people. About oh, the, gotcha. The pleasure okay. Ryan Ryan wrote this rundown a little bit more, so I'm trying to follow along. Uh, yeah, Song of Solomon is basically for a while they tried to, especially like the monastic, um, uh, the, the monks. They were because they were uh, they were. Try- <laughs> I'm gonna do. I'm not gonna do this idea justice, but I'm gonna do my best. I think they were trying to within the Catholic Church and within certain sects like monasticism and certain types of uh, uh, priestly orders and things. They didn't want. Song of Solomon would be about sex. They wanted it to be an allegory about, like, you know, maybe God's love for his people or something Mm. like that. But we do have, I mean, any scholar worth their weight will, their weight in salt would say that no, that's not, it's an, it's a, 
it's a book about an idealized romantic relationship between a husband and a wife. That's, right. that's what Song of Solomon is. And the whole, the entirety of the book is extremely informative for our sex lives and for our sexual experience. And it even gives us some really graphic, not, not, um, not, uh, they're pure, pure, like not, yeah, crude. they're pure, not crude. Yes, yes. Thank you. But it gives us, um, some really unexpected insight mm-hmm. that, that if you, if you consider Bible, the Bible to be the sacred text, you might not expect it out of a sacred text, but here it is. God's given it to us to say like, sex is pleasurable and right. that's awesome well and in an interview that we did with uh, Gary Thomas and Deborah Felita and we'll talk about that a little bit later in their their book that Married Sex that episode uh, comes out in two days yes yeah. uh, it's an incredible book it's just releasing but he talked about Song of Solomon and how it's named It's you see it as Song of Songs or Song of Solomon but it's like the Song of Songs right and the fact right. that it's an actual like book in the Bible and not just a chapter or you know there's yeah. there's attention uh to be brought to it it's it is a short book which is so interesting right because sex is in terms of we, when we talked to scott kadersha he's like on a time like an actual how long it takes it's not usually very long like in the in the lifespan of a marriage if you broke down like the amount of time it takes to actually have sex it's not very long but it's such an integral part of marriage and it's interesting that the book of song of solomon is such a short book but it's also a very necessary book in the Bible. I have a theory um, as to why that's the case. I think it's just because you can only you can only talk about it so much, and the experience is something that you can only share with another person. You can't articulate it. It just right. is it what just it is. is. Yeah. And so it's a vast part because it just it is what it is. But you, you know, you know. Yeah, you know, you know. <laughs> it really is a, a, a profound mystery. So uh, that's just the first one. It's pleasurable. Mm-hmm. It's that's one of the reasons for sex physical emotional spiritual relational pleasure mm-hmm. um, and so we should drink deep of that well mm-hmm. and that's that's okay and it's right and good within a biblical marriage um uh, the second uh, reason that we'll touch on today is procreation um maybe this one's even more obvious <laughs> i don't know um actually in our culture it's probably not as obvious maybe it's more culture to the jews um more culturally uh, obvious to the jews i should say um in ancient Israel and whatnot. Uh, yeah, Genesis 2. Um, they were naked and unashamed, mm. right? And they, uh, God said, go forth, be fruitful, multiply, mm-hmm. fill the earth, subdue it. Um, this idea of being naked and unashamed and being fruitful, those two ideas have been intertwined since the literal beginning of time. Um, and I think remembering the author and the whose, whose words those are is super important, um, that the giver of life is now entrusting us to also create and give life. Mm. Um, those are some powerful powerful images to not just remember the ideas that are being spoken but who is speaking the ideas Mm. uh in this instance and so that authority and that and then the relationship that we have with the authority like yes he is god but he is god our heavenly father Mm. and so that relational aspect that we can come to him with our struggles we can come to him uh looking and searching earnestly for the answers uh and for his will and purpose and then submitting our own to that uh is very powerful so this is all on top of, you know, our minds, because when you talk about procreation, it's been, um, we've commoditized, you know, you've heard us talk about it. Uh, our culture and day, uh, has just commoditized kids, children. children. Yeah. And, you know, it's just like the next step. I just want to, that's good. And so how much agency, you know, that's a big oh. can of worms and we don't have to necessarily open it, but it's something to think about. I think as believers, yeah. how much agency has God given us in determining like, a, if we can have children, B, how many? Like, how much, a big you know, we we can um, elevate ourselves in some ways. So I'm just saying that yeah. 
sex is good and pleasurable. It is also for procreation and there's a bigger and vast purpose within. I mean, the creation of a soul, <laughs> not just a, not just a human body. Yeah. It's not a meat not skeleton, a baby, but a, a, you're creating a soul with obviously God ordaining that process and allowing us to participate in, in that yeah. way. And you said this, um, just how our culture has um, commoditized kids. The dark side of that is a whole abortion debate, mm. right? That not, not only um, do we not like they're an unwanted effect of sex. Mm. They're an unwanted outcome. Mm-hmm. Like I just want, I, the, our culture just wants all the pleasure and none of the procreation. Again, it's, yeah, we're dissecting, we're deconstructing and we're dividing. And, I only want this part. And the only way to make that make sense is to dehumanize right. that, that embryo, that fetus. Of course, we are very, very pro-life. We we believe that life begins at conception and that God ha- has is is creating life in the womb mm. um, and that, that life should be regarded as valuable mm. and some, somebody created in his image and to be protected. And, uh, and that's, uh, you know, and the very cool thing about that is that science confirms the same, mm-hmm. but the only way, so any, any, this is a little bit of a sidebar, but I think it's worthwhile. Any bioethicist is going to look at an embryo and say there, that is a, a human life. There's no, there's no debate, mm-hmm. not in any serious scientific way. There's no debate. That's a human life. And, but where the where they where the the narrative shifts is they say okay it might be a human life but it's not a person it's not a person therefore it's not worthy of protection we of course believe it is a person we know it's a person because science shows it god tells god us says it. we experience it we yeah. we so anyway that's a bit of a sidebar the point is procreation is a inbuilt feature of yes. sex and that's a good thing and we're not getting down the family planning we're not going down that rabbit trail right now. We're not going down, um, you know, how to... I just think it's something to be looking at when you think, when you are, you know, we've been given this gift of sex and procreation. It's not just like this thing on the list of what to do when we get married. It's it's a whole blessing and it's a whole hmm. life and fullness that uh, God has endowed, you know, us to... Yeah. Uh, enjoy and so and to steward and to be sanctified in like there's all of these layers that he's put together that we can't even understand and here we are trying to like you know dissect mm. and divide and um just take what we want and god's like oh you're oh, you're missing it like there's just so much more to this that i want to give you hmm. anyways uh, not to put words in god's mouth but there's purpose and and yeah. fullness and flourishing in his creation so so um first two reasons pleasure and procreation um, and the third one is connection. Mm-hmm. Um, so that does go alongside. We did talk about that a little bit on the pleasure side, but namely connection um, between spouses who are feeling disconnected. Mm-hmm. And again, we see that in Song of Solomon when there's a longing um, run after me or, you know, come after, after me, me, chase yeah. after me and let, let us run that whole idea that like, I miss you. I want you. Mm-hmm. I, 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 this is how we grow. We get close again. Mm hmm is we offer ourselves to each other in this specific way. Um, And I think that goes in terms of like contrasting, you know, every sexual experience has to be uh, at a level 10, you know, it has to be crazy and adventurous and, you know, athletic or whatever. (laughs) It's like, no, sometimes it's just about connection uh, and it's about feeling loved. It's about knowing um, 
that that I am loved by my spouse and I feel this love and I feel connected to him in this way. Uh, it's important for our souls to to know that, to feel that, yeah. to be able to live into that uh, on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Oh, the, the verse was um, Song of Solomon 1, verses 4. Draw me after you, let us run. The king has brought me into his chambers. The sense of I'm being, like, I just want to be... M- like brought together again mm-hmm. with my beloved. Mm-hmm. I think it's just a wonderful thing. And uh, that connection is hard to get because sometimes the one thing that we need to do to connect is to have sex, but it's like the last thing you want to do because you feel disconnected, right? And so sometimes wow. it, it is stepping boldly into, okay, I don't really feel like this. I don't know if I really want this, but it's 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 pushing through some of those feelings, knowing that and trusting even that like, okay, we need to break down some walls here. And I think this is just the way to go. <laughs> Can I be honest in this situation? Yeah. Um, I'm usually the one that has to fight that battle. Like, I think when, when you say that, I think most people f- go right, in, at least in my, in my head, outside of our relationship, I think, oh, it's the wife who has to fight through that dilemma. I feel like I, feel like I battle that too, but differently. Okay. okay. I Because when we have fights around this, Yeah like around our intimate life. And I say fights. That's some people hear that word at more disagreements, or, disagreements or arguments. Some tension, or, yeah. Um, and I feel hurt in this area. Like the thing that we need is to be intimate. Mm-hmm. That's like the last thing I want because right. I feel hurt and I feel wounded and I don't want to trust you in that way. And you've said more, you've said to me more than once, just trust me. Like basically you just said, trust me. It's like, a learned be trust. It. It's been a learned trust for me too. And it's I think a, because it also means I have to, I have to resign myself to trusting you and like let some of my pride go and right. some of that hurt and we have go. to let some of our emotions go yeah. and how we're feeling in the moment and trust that like our feelings are not always what <laughs> the what? shouldn't be at the helm all the time <laughs> Yeah, because yeah. again uh, we talked about you know pleasure being one of the reasons why uh, we get to have and in- enjoy this gift of sex but it's not just a, an emotional high, right? It's a physical, it's a spiritual, mm. uh, there's all these connection points. And so being able to keep those together, I think is just, it's really important yeah. not to just let one take the lead. I think maybe it's okay in different instances, but again, there's gotta be a consensus and communication and clarity. Mm. And, um, I think a humility around this. So, yeah. Okay. So, uh, the first three pleasure, procreation, connection. The fourth one is <clears throat> protection. Yeah. This was kind of a new one I think for us. I think we kind of understood it and um had heard it. I don't know talked about. It. It's like yeah, you want to have sex right to make sure you nobody goes off the rails into a pornographic addiction or pornography addiction, right? Or something like that and but it's so much more than that. It's yeah. it's and yeah. not that not to make light of anything like that any addictions because those are big big things and just because you're having sex doesn't on a regular basis doesn't necessarily ward off um in our conversations beforehand i wanted to make this clear in our thought and i'll just make it clear now is that the reasons a husband or a wife struggles with an addiction to pornography is not just because their spouse hasn't been available to them most often that's not the case usually it amplifies the problem and it it creates different issues and it's part of maybe a, a whole suite of issues, mm-hmm. but we just, we don't mean to say that if your husband is struggling with pornography, it's because you haven't given him sex. That's right. not what we mean to say. Right. Or you could flip it and say, if you know, your wife is struggling with pornography. Um, but this verse, uh, first Corinthians seven, five is extremely telling. Uh, do not deprive one another, except perhaps by agreement for a limited time that you may devote yourselves to prayer. And this is the part that 
sticks out. But then come together again so that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self self control. There's two things there. Hmm. There is the, the the temptation of the enemy or the attack of the enemy. It doesn't have to be just sexual attack or sexual temptation, hmm. but maybe depression or anxiety or whatever uh, whatever the lies are that are, are being kind of fed into our ears mm-hmm. or into our you know the ears yeah. of our hearts, so to speak. Um, there's that. There's the so that Satan may not tempt you because of the second piece, your lack of self control. Mm. So there's an internal piece. There's an external piece. There's um, protection from my own kind of um, like internal, internal battles with self control. Yeah, yeah. That's a sense of protection. I will even say like, it, you protect me not just from s- sexual sin because by God's grace, like pornography hasn't been a part of our story for many years. Mm-hmm. Uh, hasn't been part of uh, you know my testimony for many years in that other words God has allowed me to find freedom out out from that Um, but still like I can be going about my day and if we if there's like sexual tension or need or um, appetite yeah that maybe we've gone a day too long or whatever oh boy is it hard to be productive (laughs) (laughs) oh boy oh boy is it hard to focus on anything Um, and so it's a sense of protection in that way too that's the internal side and on the external side is um when I don't know, there's just I don't want to speak things into scripture. I don't want to read things into scripture. I should say, um, but there's a very real sense that when we're together as a husband and wife, there is a um, it's almost like there's a bond of unity that is almost impenetrable when you and I are are hmm. walking in unity with hmm. the Spirit and with yeah. one another. And sex has a big part of that. Mm-hmm. It contributes to our peace, that bond of like peace and unity it's um, between our yeah. souls. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know this that protection piece. I I kind of had heard that one. There's um, more to be explored. I think it's been a renewed yeah. term in in our vocabulary and in how we talk about uh, sex. So yeah, and there's also just to add a third component to the temptation piece. You have other people that might come in. Like mm. I hate to say, it, but in, you know I, I don't spend a lot of time on Instagram. I don't check the messages. If you sent me a message on Instagram. Not many have, but a few have. So if that's you, I'm sorry. <laughs> and one of the reasons is, is because you get messages from like these weird accounts, like these bot accounts. And if you're a guy, they're usually like, they're, they're semi-pornographic right. messages. And yeah. they're actually trying to get you to go through the pornographic material. Um, I know if you're a, a woman or a girl on Instagram, the types of DMs you get are different and of a different toxicity. Mm-hmm. Um, point is, when we are walking in unity and our our and it's, I'll say it's reflected in our sex life. There's a certain level of protection. You can fight stronger. Other people coming through yeah. and kind of piercing that veil of yeah. marriage and saying, I want to insert myself now into your your relationship by in, as a wedge between you yeah. because I'm trying to get you to click on this website. Mm-hmm. And so there's a, a sense of protection against that too. Mm-hmm. And it's, again, not just because of physical urges. Like it's, as a husband, I've said this to you, as a husband and you feel almost invincible when you, when your wife has shown you that she desires you, that you, um, I'll just use this word. It's too brash of a word, but you satisfy her, not mm-hmm. just physically, but in every way mm-hmm. that a husband can emotionally, you know, you're providing mm-hmm. for her and sexually. That's part of it too. Um, I'll feel invincible and like there's, I feel confident. I have energy. I want to do things. I want to conquer. I want to, I want to, you know, take the hill, so right. to speak. And then the opposite is true. When I feel um, rejected by you, undesired by you, 
um, it's inadequate. Yeah. Boy, do, that's the battles that's are harder. It may that be is, the same battle, but you it just feels harder to you because yeah, you're deflated and the battle hasn't changed, right? The sights haven't changed. The vi- the and the messages are still the same, but your ability to fight mm. uh, is is less. I think there's yeah. a lack of protection there and a lack of um, bolstering, you know, of confidence and security. I don't know if that would be sense, too yeah. far to take. It's not deep security. No, like, I know you no. love me. I know the Lord is good. Yes. I know my identity is in Him. But like, I just don't want to do anything. I just and I don't want to fight the fight. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now. By God's grace, you still fight the fight, and the Holy Spirit leads you and helps you in that. Mm-hmm. And I and I think you could make the case that the the opposite is true too. I don't know specifically for you, Selena, but you know, like, how does it protect you? I think it just wife? reorients me to us and to you. Um, not that I don't find myself entertaining thoughts. I think as wives, we may entertain thoughts of. Lustful thoughts. Yeah, I guess or being with someone else or I wonder what it'd be like to be their wife or, you know, you know. It'd be the worst. Yeah. Yeah. I think just not entertaining thoughts of of things outside of us and our marriage Hmm. uh, is how it would probably it provides protection. At least I guess that would be my two cents. Well, I'm I'm happy to provide that protection (laughs) often. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Um, So this next one. So that's the fourth one, pleasure, procreation, connection, protection. The fifth one was new to me, uh, comfort. Mm. And to some that's obvious. It depends on kind of what church stream you swim in. Sure. Um, it was obvious to some of the guys in our community, and that's where uh, I started kind of thinking and learning about this concept even more. But it comes primarily from Genesis 24. It says, Then Isaac brought her into the tent of Sarah, his mother, and took Rebekah, and she became his wife, and he loved her. So Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. Hmm. And that's just a sweet verse. Like he took her as his wife. He loved her mm-hmm. and he was comforted. And it, it may not be overt in there, but they did, they did have sex. It wasn't, it doesn't have to spell it out for us to see it. Right. It um, gives you that picture of comfort. Um, I think for us, I can totally see that sometimes again, it's hard to put into words. Um, this idea of comfort, I think it's one of those things you just kind of understand. And if you know, you know, and you, um, if you can pinpoint it more than, and be yeah. articulate about it, then that's awesome. Well, like I, I just never thought like I'm mourning the loss of my mother. Like, I, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. we, this is how I can be comforted is by the embrace of my wife. Right. And I think actually even Gary was talking about this, like him and Gary Chapman are Gary Thomas and his wife, their oldest daughter was going through a really hard time and, and she was sick. She was in the hospital. He's like, she was like basically on her deathbed and we had not, him and his wife had not been intimate at all. And so it had been weeks and he's like, and so just the very act of, of that familiarity and that, okay, like all things are, are okay. We are, we are one, we are together. It just, it was a comfort to him to, hmm. to be back into this familiar um, rhythm for lack of a better term or this, this yeah. familiar relationship. And so again, that brings security, that brings comfort. You feel, um, I think a safety in that familiarity. Uh, that's hmm. something that can only grow over time and in a marriage. And think about the implications of that as somebody who needs comfort, I can go to my wife or you can come to your, your husband, me, and say, <laughs> yes, to be clear. Yes, you are my husband. <laughs> just, you know that, right? Um, oh. <laughs> oh, right. And you can say, I just I just need my wife right now. And and But here's the thing for me. It's a sweet need. Like, to say, like, I don't, I don't just need you to sit with me. Like, I need to be known by you. Yeah. 
and I, and I need to feel loved and like feel loved by you yes. sexually. Mm-hmm. And that's not just a manipulative, weird motivation, no. right? But it's a, a biblical thing, is what we're finding. So that's the one side of it. As the one who needs comforting to say, you and you alone can comfort me in this way. Will you comfort me? Right. And to have the wherewithal and the maturity and the the knowledge to say that is a huge thing. And the other side of it is, as the spouse who can comfort, mm. you have an opportunity then to, in a way that only you can, mm-hmm. only you, anyone can can speak kind words. Or Anybody send a card. <laughs> can send a card or sit with you or hug Bring you. Bring a even. meal, yeah. But only your spouse can yeah. offer that type and that level of comfort. Mm. That's profound. Mm-hmm. That's that's the part I'm most excited about of all this talk because that's the newest to me. And um, so... And again, that does speak to the, the the mutual service of a marriage and mm-hmm. being available sexually um, out of a spirit of love and service and, and generosity yeah. and selflessness toward each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just profound, profound. You'd never find that in a relationship that's not covenantal, mm. it's not covenantal marriage, um, especially in the ones that are, you know, very transactional in the sexual piece. Mm. So, um, man, may we avoid all that at, at every cost. So, um the sixth one it's the gospel so reasons the reasons for sex okay hear us out pleasure procreation connection protection comfort and now the gospel (laughs) what on earth could be mean by that um again go back going back to genesis 2 they were naked and unashamed the fact the idea that when you are utterly exposed in every way Mm -hmm. to your spouse naked literally all your flaws all your insecurities you know all the you know, the, the COVID-19 or whatever. <laughs> um, so they say, um, the extra weight you put on for whatever season that you're mm-hmm. in in life. And your spouse looks at you and says, hubba hubba. Hubba hubba. Say, <laughs> you are, you are marvelous in my eyes. Yeah. You are, you are my, you are my all delight. that I want. Yes. I, I love you and mm-hmm. I desire you. And let me show you just how much I desire you. Mm-hmm. Uh, that to me is a, and this is again, scriptural. It's, it's, it's it's a foreshadowing and it's a, a maybe a I'll say a dim reflection of how we are utterly known and loved in the gospel through Christ mm. the good news that we a sinner have been by the by the blood of Christ been washed clean and presented now and covered with the righteousness of Christ right. we are before now the our bride. holy father yeah um and now and and he it, utterly known and still utterly loved Right, mm-hmm. it's a reminder that reminds us of what it what it's like to be loved by God in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else to add to that? I was just thinking about how how sex is within the marriage covenant, and like God is a covenantal God, and then there's these these big pieces that He allows us to participate in, and um, just seeing the gospel, and then the parallel that we are the church is like the bride of Christ, right? And mm-hmm. so just that yeah that oneness that again is is <laughs> just such a, a dim reflection of what it will be like i think in in the presence of god is that it's i don't i mean hear this with a grain of salt like we when you and i are together we're not th- we're not thinking about anything else like when i when we're going to be in the presence of god we're not going to be thinking about anything else like yeah. this is it and this is amazing and so um just there's there is so much i think that we can draw into and draw out of in terms of the gospel and sex, um, which sounds a little bit ironic, but to the believer, I also, I think it's a very familiar idea. 
Yeah. Well, and, and it comes from Ephesians five thirty one. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is Paul talking to the church in Ephesus, and he gets to the point of you know husbands loving their wives and wives submitting to their husbands, um, and he finishes with this: the mystery is profound. So this is verse thirty two, and I'm saying that it refers to Christ and His church. Mm. Um, that's just it, and it's yeah. There's there's now he's talking a lot about the church here, more than I think people realize that he's talking about the church and not marriages, but. Um, for our purposes here, I think it suffices to say that there is a parallel to be made yeah, yeah. between the love of a husband and a wife, the mutual love, mutual, or the, and the submission that happens there, and the love that Christ has for his church, right? It's a profound right. mystery. Um, and the w- oneness. Which gives us... The, uh, <laughs> the oneness yeah. of husband and wife, and then we see the oneness in the Trinity. Uh, God is three persons in one God, and so you mm-hmm. just see this idea of oneness um, being... Hmm. within the gospel modeled and yeah gone forth yeah that, that i think there's hints of that there we don't want to be too no i don't want to draw into the parallels too aren't much. literal they're yes not, they're not super you know cut and dry yes, but you're right. there's something there i think is what we're trying to say um um so because you don't have to be in a marriage to have kind of that same unity with christ and you don't have to yes. experience the and so there's some nuance well in there. said um you know singles are just as loved and and whatnot in christ so uh, the seventh purpose, and um, we're running short on time here. I'm going to try to find it. The glory of God. Yeah. And this glory one is... Glory of God. It's more of a reminder than anything else, but God created sex and it's good. So when we enjoy something that that he created, um, we delight in it. And in our enjoyment of that thing, mm. we can give glory and gratitude and honor to him. Mm-hmm. That's one of the purposes or one of the... Uh, one of the reasons for sex. Yeah. Um, now God gets glory in countless other ways, right? Mm. Even the rocks cry out, right? The heavens declare it. They declare the glory of God. But even in this in this part of our life, it's not like God is watching you, loving you, and then all of a sudden he's like, oh, they locked the door. <laughs> Don't look. <laughs> right. no, God is right. fully aware of the fact that you're enjoying yourselves. And you know what? As a loving father who designed that thing, when you're doing it within the context that he gave you, mm-hmm. he's, he is delighting in that. And he is being glorified in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then by virtue of doing it and, 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 you know, putting it through these other, um, these other reasons, or at least seeing these other reasons in light of his word, by virtue of doing those things, we are able to glorify him in, in new and profound ways. Mm-hmm. And then we're saying that's just for, and on the parenting side, we talked about uh, the place for sex and how when we get ready to talk to our kids about this topic, um, teaching them what God's word says about this mystery that it is and that mm-hmm. it is in his design it's good because he said so mm-hmm. and because he is good yeah. and when we resign ourselves to his design uh, we can glorify him through that so again as a, as a quick recap the seven reasons for sex and we're going to continue this conversation so uh just continue with us over the next few weeks as we talk about the specific kind of outworkings um within a, a marital covenant but the seven reasons are these pleasure procreation connection protection comfort the gospel and the glory of God. Mm. And so here's your couple's conversation challenge. And I really encourage you to take us up on this one. But which reason of those seven reasons strikes you the most? Why? And talk about that. For me, it was the whole comfort piece mm-hmm. and how I can offer you comfort. I can ask you for comfort in times when I'm emotionally sad or just in need. I love that. That was mm-hmm. profound to me. So for you, listener, fierce listener, which reason of those seven strikes you the most and why? Hmm. All right. 
Selena, would you pray us out? God, thank you so much for uh, this gift that you've given us as married couples. Uh, I pray that we would steward it well, uh, that we would not be afraid of it, that we would learn more about it uh, through other biblical teachers um, and resources that you've given us. May we always draw first and foremost from your word and the well uh, of truth Mm -hmm. that it is. I pray for the weeks ahead that you would soften hearts, open ears, uh, and use our feeble words, God, for your glory and for, I pray that wisdom and clarity and freedom would be had uh, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. As a quick reminder, go to gospelcenteredmarriage.com. You can sign up for a plan there and use coupon code SEXYTIME for 25% off How dare uh, you? your enrollment. That is, uh, we've never done a discount like that, so please take us up on it. It won't be up forever. And so go use that code SEXYTIME and do so proudly. <laughs> proudly. All right. With that said, this episode of the Fierce Marriage Podcast is... In the can. See you again in about seven days. Until then. Stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care.